0: Hey everyone, my name is Yarrow and you're listening to the Creative Nature Podcast. Really happy to have you. It's been a few weeks and I'm coming at you with a really wonderful episode with Raven Rose. We spoke about ancestral medicine, herbalism, shedding shame about our bodies and really claiming space for healing and letting ourselves decide what that means for us at any point in time. So I hope that you're also feeling nourished by this conversation. And I have a few announcements before we start. The first one is that I'm offering um, a grief circle online on July 31st that you're really welcome to join. I'm going to link to the sign up in the show notes. And it's going to be a sweet kind of Saturday. It's evening for me. I don't know what it is for you, but for me, it's a sweet Saturday evening ritual. We're gonna do a guided meditation, some quiet journaling together, um, maybe some listening to music, a bit of ritual. I'm gonna share um, a few ideas and recipes that are really close to my heart that you can easily do at home. And it'll be a chance to just be together and maybe talk a little bit about what grief means to us at this point in time. I know it's summer and it's maybe not traditionally the season of grieving. And there'll be plenty more of that later in the year in the Northern Hemisphere. But obviously, we're still sitting with so much. The pandemic is far from over. And there's just a lot to navigate um, between what's happened and what's yet to happen and where we are in time and space now. So I'm just really excited to be able to offer that. And then if you're a small business owner, over in my other business, Yaro Digital, I'm offering a free virtual business retreat over the weekend of the 24th and 25th of July. And I'm also really excited for that. We'll get to know each other, also do some guided meditation and journaling. Um, I'm going to share a workshop that that I'm using as a framework to really map out my goals in business in a way that allows for a lot of playfulness and spaciousness um, and less stress, but it's still really effective. Um, Well, it works for me, I don't know about you, but I would love to see if it works for you as well. So yeah, I will let you sign up in the show notes for that as well. And the creative space sessions are currently on pause over the summer, but they're coming back in September um, for patrons. And I'm really looking forward to that too. I think I'm just at the moment kind of hibernating a bit creatively I look forward to send more podcast episodes out but I'm giving myself a lot of space I think this this project formerly Daydream walls is is going in a slightly di- different direction I think one that just kind of reflects where I've been at over this past year um I've been studying philosophy, I've spent uh, been spending a lot of time in my garden and then I had an accident on New Year's Eve last year that really changed my life in lots of ways. Um, this last week I had surgery again um, so I'm currently recovering from that and yeah there's a lot of groundedness in that. I mean there's a lot of difficulty for sure as well and pain but I've been really grounded at home because I, I'm not able to walk very much. Um, and that has its own challenges but also insights and so yeah just taking my time at the moment before I'm offering anything new as you've noticed I changed the name of the podcast twice I've been kind of tinkering with my website and making little changes there it's funny I, I changed about four weeks ago I brought all these like really bright colors and plants and flowers in and then last week I was like totally over it and I think that's something I really enjoy about being a web designer that you can change your mind so easily and quickly and bring new things online into manifestation and so that's fun I think this summer there'll be a lot more of that kind of playing and seeing what feels good and what doesn't I'd really like to bring out another batch of my handmade prints as well so I'll let you know about that on the newsletter And I've also moved this podcast to YouTube, by the way. So, yeah, I'm just excited to kind of share it in more different spaces. And I know some people happen to listen to stuff on YouTube, which feels odd to me. But I hear that's what cool things, cool people do. So, yeah, it's there as well now. Um, Yeah, thank you so much for listening and enjoy Raven Rose. Bye hello everyone i am already feeling nourished just by preparing for this episode to be honest i'm speaking to the wonderful raven rose who has so much to say about ancestral herbalism and living with our cycles and i'm just excited to yeah explore this some more i'm sure that there'll be lots of beauty that we can share with you all and yeah, I'm I'm just excited and unsure how to express my excitement, I think. Raven, thank you so much for making time. I'm really looking forward to talking to you.
1: Oh, thank you, Yara. I'm really looking forward to this conversation as well.
0: Great. So for those that don't know you, and I want to say that I'm lucky to know your work through um someone called Marissa Correa, who is um her business is called cyclical like body which I also really love and she's been on the podcast as well but for those that don't know you how would you describe your work
1: yeah well i would describe it as a a journey really into um being very much connected to the body being connected to our natural cycles whether you are menstruating or not and also being connected to Those cycles through through our connection to nature and incorporating ancestral practices around being connected to our bodies and being connected to nature. And yeah, Moon Medicine, which is um, the name of my business, is really all about our connection to the parts of ourselves that aren't really talked about Um, Our cyclical nature, our connection to nature, our connection to ancestors and all those things that when they go out of balance, like with menstrual cycles, are really pulling us back to being more connected to nature, reconnecting with ancestors and reconnecting with our body. Yes, I was nodding
0: along. That's such a beautiful weaving together of different strands that are really exciting to me. Um, Maybe this is a big question, I don't know, but how did you come to do this work? Was there a moment that kind of opened you up or made you kind of sink deeper into this?
1: Yeah. So my journey to this work was through healing my own um, menstrual pain. And I started having really excruciating pain when I was about 16 years old with my menstrual cycles. And I didn't know what to do. I went to a doctor and kind of did the medical thing for a while and was on birth control and um, had to switch to a few different types of birth control because they were all just uh, giving me the worst symptoms. I had all the horrible symptoms of being on birth control and shutting down the menstrual cycle completely. And the last pill that I was on almost caused me to have kidney failure. And I decided to stop altogether with that. And that really set me on another journey of digging deeply into um, finding balance with my menstrual cycle and finding balance with my body and understanding my body. I didn't know how my menstrual cycle even worked. That's not something I learned in school. It's not something I learned from anyone growing up. And so on this journey of healing, it was really about reviving a lot of Um, Just knowledge and understanding about the menstrual cycle in the modern sense, but also reviving some menstrual mysteries and things that we can learn from being connected to our cyclical body and actually being able to listen to it. And and also that took me on a journey of healing a lot of ancestral wounding and and, um, things that were showing up in my own body and my patterns and how I move through the world that were connected to my ancestry and things that were also connected to kind of this uh, shame or uh, hiding of being someone who bleeds. So um, that, that was really big. And that's something that I think so many people are dealing with, regardless of whether they menstruate or not, this hiding of something that is so natural and is so very much, connected to nature and is a part of nature, to deny that within ourselves and within the people who um, bring new life into the world, it's um, a very powerful um, pain. And for me, definitely manifested in the physical body, along with a lot of other imbalances that stem from hiding parts of ourselves or not being connected to nature. And all of that brought me to my work and exploring um, herbalism and reviving herbal practices, reviving practices of uh, self-care and self-tending that my ancestors had, and a lot of the things that we hear. Oh, those things are lost. Those ac- those things are actually living within our bodies, and that was a big part of my journey as well.
0: Mm, thank you. I I yeah I really relate to that so much I didn't really know and understand how my cycle worked um to my mid-20s I think so that was like more than 10 years into having a cycle which is just hard working in so many ways and I'm just sad for for the knowing that can be lost in that way um so yeah I um I really hear you on wanting to relate to plants and kind of making that connection and thinking about how that Relates us to our ancestral practices as well. Um, I'm wondering if there was a plant that you, that was maybe your first friend, like a gateway plant. I really like this idea so much. Like, who has been helpful for you in exploring this?
1: Yes, um, that's a beautiful question. And I grew up in a home where we use plants often. And um, so there was always um, some kind of herb growing or If I ever had a stomachache, I would get ginger tea. When I was about, when I was a teenager, that's when my mom mom tried to get me to drink something called Cerisee. And in the Caribbean, it's this really bitter, just horribly bitter, just really will push all of the things that you don't want in your body out. (laughs) Um, I and I never would drink it because I was always like, no, I'm not going to go there. And um, as I, got older and started on my own journey, I think the plant that really spoke to me the most was Tulsi. And Tulsi came to me in a dream, Tulsi basil. And it was uh, just a really powerful dream that I had and really opened me up to connecting with more plants. And once I started drinking Tulsi tea, I started having more vivid and clear dreams. And it's been a dream herb that I've worked with since then and has a- actually helped me to dream of many other plants that have been helpful, like blue vervain and um, chamomile. So I would say Tulsi has been like my gateway plant into really diving into my connection with plants and um, also opening up the dream space for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, your work is a lot of a, about dreaming as well. And I'm wondering, what does that look like in your day-to-day life at the moment? How are you inviting these kinds of dreams in and really making sure that you're paying attention and giving them space that they want to have?
1: Yeah, so dreaming has been such a big part of my life since I was a kid. Um, when I was about seven years old, I started going to the book fairs at school and getting dreaming books and started journaling my dreams. And for much of my teen years, I kind of stopped. And then as I was re-entering into my path and really starting to look at my cycle and healing naturally, I opened up my dream world again. And for me, dreams dreams are doorways into ourselves. They are paths to paths to connecting with ancestors, paths to connecting to all the answers that we could be looking for in our lives that we don't see clearly in the waking times, the waking hours of life and being in those dreaming states is it's an opening to it's an opening and an invitation to explore the more subtle aspects of ourselves. And that's part of why I called my, my um, practice, my business moon medicine is that it's really about this exploration of the subtle realms, exploration of emotions, explorations of the things that we don't talk about in our waking life. All of those things will come up in our dreams and we'll be able to kind of show us and guide us towards what we can explore in our waking life to find more wholeness, to find deeper healing, to, connect us to the things that we're looking for in our lives and um, for me dreaming is also very much about connecting with ancestors and being able to um, have almost like a conversation through dreams by asking a question before i go to bed if i'm ever feeling challenged in something in waking life or if there's something that i want to explore and i just i don't see the possibilities of how to make this thing happen then I will ask my dreams and I'll get insights um, through my dreams. But then also those dreams also open up a quality of um, being able to identify like symbolism and synchronicities that show up in our dreams will also start to show up in our waking life. And that can give us clues into as to different paths to take that could be really good for us so sometimes if I see something in a dream and then I see it in waking life it's kind of like a clue oh this is a path that you can explore a little bit more and can possibly give you more information about what you want to do or what you want to experience in life
0: yeah thank you that's beautiful um my next question kind of goes in a slightly different direction and you can take this absolutely any way you like but I'm wondering Thinking about dreaming and how this past year has been such an internal time of being with ourselves and processing. Um, I'm wondering what the pandemic has been like for you so far and how it has changed your work or maybe also your dreams.
1: Yeah, that's a really wonderful question. Um, I feel like I've been really aware of how I approach night. um, And I think. In the past, it was very pre-pandemic. It was easier for me to have unhealthier habits around um, approaching the night and sleeping and um, a little bit less care around entering night and the dream space. And it's been really highlighted since the pandemic, uh, just different practices that I've had or different, I would say, habits that I've had that were connected to um, past traumas and things that happened in childhood around um, fear of the night. And I really embraced the night a lot more. Um, So really, really super soft lighting at night, really um, being mindful of what I'm consuming before I go to bed, Um, not just physically like eating or drinking, but also as far as media and, um, books or anything that I'm consuming before bed and how that could be impacting my dream space. I think this was really present for me with, um, with social media and the news. And I was noticing just a lot of fear in my, I would wake up in fear and my dreams were really intense and not also not easy to remember. So I had to make shifts and changes around how much I was exposing myself to news and media. And I really saw a shift in how I slept, how I was dreaming, and also how I would wake up. That whole um, like cycle of entering into the dream and coming out of the dream was really um, just nurtured a lot through this, which has been nice. And it's really helped me to release a lot of fear and notice how fear was showing up in my waking life and how it was affecting my dreaming life. So um a good and a really nice release. And then in business, I think it's been actually a nice transition. Um it's been interesting to step more into this digital space. I do definitely miss one on one connections, but I also think it's so amazing how we're able to stay connected through things like podcasts, things like social media and consuming that in a more healthy way. Um, And being able to connect with people all over the world and do powerful healing work and help give people tools for their journey and for their menstrual cycles and for connecting with ancestors and um, do so in a way that feels really comfortable because people are in their spaces where they can have their teas or their comfortable blankets or whatever it is that they want to have and still have these really powerful experiences. So it's been an interesting, um, it's definitely been an interesting year and it's taught me so much about what is possible, which is, I think, a really beautiful blessing. Mm -hmm.
0: And that's such a, yeah, that's such a beautiful conclusion to come to. With all the heaviness and the grief, I also have these moments of feeling like, oh, yeah, um, I feel grateful to see that I've been more resilient than I thought I would be. And I kind of also feel grateful that I didn't imagine it would be this long when it first began. I Mm. think that, that made it a lot easier. And yeah, what you're saying about media and just being really intentional with that, that makes total sense as well oh um and i also totally agree i i really love working with people online um especially on the receiving end just being in my own space here with my blanket and my dogs and then being able to dive really deep into something that's that's big for me that feels so beautiful and i'm really grateful that we have the internet basically yeah mm-hmm. um I know you also have products in your business. Um, So you're making beautiful potions. I'm just looking at your shop and the little bottles are so beautiful and um, I sometimes make them myself. I don't ever sell them. Um, But I just, I love the process of making something and I feel really inspired Looking at the different things that you've put together here, like this, this little Prosper bottle, and then there's one that's called Moonflower, and one is called Initiate, and they all have such beautiful labels as well. And yeah, I would love to hear a little bit more about the magic of that process of working with plants in this way. Maybe also as a preparation for nighttime or for ritual space. What what comes up for you there?
1: Yeah. So I have a lot of flower essences and um, yeah, a, a lot of more emotional and energetic remedies on my website. And I love working with flower essences because anyone can work with them and anyone can see more deeply into themselves when they are connecting with the energy of plants. And what I love about working with plants in the energetic sense is that When I think of a plant, I think of how they, like a basil plant will always be fully just the most beautiful expression of basil and never anything else. And we can connect with that energy to see how we may be um, in disharmony with ourselves in disharmony with our essence and our energy. And so that's what I love about working with flower essences is that they can help us to see our own selves more clearly and come into better connection and union with ourselves. And so I, I've been working with them and I just, I just have so much fun sitting with plants and getting to know them. And so when I have these deep connections with plants, um, you know, I, I go out and sit with them. I talk to them. I listen to them. I look at where they are growing. I look at the families of other plants and beings around them and sense those plants and beings as well. And then I have this opportunity to work with the plant for a few weeks and just really connect more deeply with the energy of them. And And through those connections, I've been able to um, kind of almost... The plants, I it's kind of hard to like say that I would create these blends. I don't think that I create these blends. I feel like these plants speak to me and ask to, um, ask to have a conversation, ask to be in conversation with me and ask to be in conversation with others based on, based on the energy of the people that I attract into my world. Um, the plants will kind of organize themselves into these formulas, into these blends that can be really powerful for things that I may be experiencing um, and things that people who come to me may also be experiencing as well. So like the initiate blend, when I realized that so much of the work that I have been doing for my own healing has been this, there have been initiations along the way, um, deciding to go to herb school, deciding to make shifts and changes to um to do things that are outside of the norm and stepping into um, ceremonies, stepping into practices that my ancestors were kind of pointing me in that direction, but really it's my own free will that that I chose to take this path. But by choosing to take this path, it's almost like there are these initiations that happen along the way. And over time, I was able to see these things happening and put together this blend and with these plants of support through these really big times of transition and change. And that's what that initiate blend is about. And so many of the the other blends have been about these powerful life experiences that have shown me really deeply things that I've been able to um come in better connection with myself around, and then the plants can kind of help help with that process in um, continuing that process for myself and also sharing that with others.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that flower essences are such a beautiful, really accessible ritual as well, like carrying them in my hand or having one by my bedside and just even taking like thirty seconds each day to connect and you know, take a deep breath and have a few drops. It's really beautiful and makes Mm -hmm. it so accessible to, to be in nature in a, in an extended way. So, yeah. Um, You also offer sacred, sacred cycle sessions. And I wonder what that looks like in practice. I think um, sometimes this kind of work can seem really abstract to people if they haven't done it before. So I would love to hear a bit more um, how you work with people, what happens in a session what kind of um, explorations do you see in people?
1: Yeah so sacred cycles is it's really um, an opportunity for anyone who is having any kind of menstrual imbalance or would like to connect more deeply with the womb space with uh, cyclical living with um, with that aspect of our physical, energetic, and really our our whole being is is connected to these cycles. and in practice, these sessions we go into deeply um, things that are happening in our physical body. So what's happening with our diet? what's hap- how is food impacting our emotional state, how is food impacting our hormonal balance? How is food impacting um, our connection with our ancestors, our connection with nature? Um, So diet is really expanded beyond just nutrient density and things like that, which are really important, but also we look at how food could be impacting um, all the aspects of our being. And then we take a look at the connection that that someone has with cyclical their cyclical body and their cyclical nature, whether they are menstruating or not. Um, if you are someone who is menstruating, then looking at things like what you were taught about your menstrual cycle, what you've learned over the years, um, learning to track your cycle and live a more cyclical uh, based life. So working with the energy of the different phases of your menstrual cycle, learning to chart your menstrual cycle, and um, also learning how to incorporate different herbs into the phases of a cycle where you would need them the most or where they could be of most support. And if this is for someone who is not menstruating, then that would be based on um, more so your connection to the moon and observing how those phases of the cycle are still showing up because they will still show up but how they're showing up for you in a more energetic sense and getting to know really deeply your cyclical nature. And, um, and then also I incorporate a lot of ancestral connection and work with this, with these sessions. And so I work with tarot and that's kind of like my, Gateway to the ancestral realm and to receiving messages from ancestors. Um, Sometimes I pull one card, sometimes I pull four cards. It just depends on how open someone is to receiving those messages and receiving that guidance. Um, Sometimes I'll pull no cards at all if someone is really open and ready to be connected with their ancestors. Um, And messages will come through about things that may be happening in someone's day to day life. So patterns that could be showing up little nagging things like oh you know you are you constantly experiencing experiencing this kind of like tension in your in your left shoulder or something like that something that's really kind of specific to each person it could be different for everyone but these little messages will come through from ancestors that are letting people know hey we're watching we're listening we're we're here to support you and If you pay attention to these things, these messages that we're sending you, then we can start to have more of a conversation. So those are the kinds of things that will come up, things that people are experiencing in their daily lives that maybe don't seem very significant that could actually be connected to messages from ancestors and opening those doors to the ways that ancestral burdens or blessings could be showing up in their lives and how to start uh, releasing some patterns that could be unhealthy patterns that could be connected to ancestry, uh, being able to release those things and also being able to kind of step into more of the gifts and um, the practices that ancestors can support us in. And that will help us to explore more of our own healing and dive more deeply into uh, remedies that are specific to what will work for us in um in that path of finding balance, either with the menstrual cycle or connection to the womb space. So there's this really nice um, journey of looking at the more mundane and also looking at the more mystical aspects of our being um, as it relates to our cyclical bodies. And um, and then of course I incorporate herbs. I love to incorporate herbal remedies, whether it be flower essences, um, burnables like incense or herbal baths or tinctures depending on what someone needs or what someone um, would be like most helped by in their journey.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow there's so much there so so many layers of beauty and um, mm-hmm. thank you for sharing that. Um, I know that you're also a part of um, the womb school together with three other practitioners and that seems to be a really beautiful community-based space in which you're exploring these themes. Um, and I'm wondering in what ways are you seeing this personal work echo into our communities and also what you what do you're wishing for in that sense? I think this time obviously this past year has been so significant for us in different ways. And I'm trying to, as I miss my family, you know, and as I as I kind of um, think about timelines and and how much I miss hugs. I'm trying to remind myself that there'll be some beauty coming out of this as well. And I'm thinking about you know what am I wishing for? What do I want to carry forward from this time into the future, both for myself and the collective? And I wonder if you have any thoughts on that? Anything
1: that you're experiencing, observing, or wishing for? Yes. Um, let's. That's a beautiful question, and I think what I see as being most present um, and something that kind of spans uh, the, the people that I meet, the different communities that I'm a part of, is this yearning for um, just a more cyclical way of living, and having time to connect with our bodies, having time to connect with nature, and really slowing down really slowing down tremendously and giving ourselves time and space to just be and not to have to do all the time and being okay with just being and uh, being able to listen, being able to uh, receive, being able to release. Um, Like for me, I think, one of the most powerful things that I've seen in my work and in connecting with others has been understanding the menstrual cycle and seeing these opportunities um, within either the menstrual cycle or just adopting a more cyclical lifestyle that allows for a release and allows for um, this exhale, a really deep exhale. Um, I think when we honor those those cyclical patterns and those cyclical ways of being, we have more humanness also. We have more forgiveness for ourselves. We have more forgiveness for others. We have more compassion for ourselves and for others when we understand that our bodies, our mind and our spirit are not meant to be always doing. And it's okay to be sometimes be receiving sometimes to be giving and sometimes to just be. (laughs) And I think that's one of the most powerful things that I've seen and healing things that I've seen for myself and for others and um, something that I think as we move forward collectively, honoring the cyclical nature is an opportunity for us to reflect. It's an opportunity for us to Uh, slow down and and see things more clearly so that we can approach life uh, from a more aware and compassionate uh, frame of view. Mm -hmm.
0: Yes, yes. I was nodding along a lot when you were speaking to us. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, hmm. I think what you're describing about the cyclical nature of our experiences and really listening to our bodies and embracing that, I think a point of resistance or difficulty that comes up for many people is not really having a literacy around grief and finding stagnation really hard because we're living in this paradigm of, of endless growth and that being the goal all the time and really somewhat being the best season ever. And I see mm-hmm. that in my own cycle in my life. I used to, for a few years, really struggle with this point after ovulation where I would feel like I was really crashing as I was going into winter and feeling really guilty for that. And then also the guilt kind of just making my physical symptoms worse and mm-hmm. ooh, it was difficult. And I think strangely, and I really didn't expect that at the time, even though now I look back and it does make total sense to me. Um, that year I really explored grief a lot. I did a death doula training. And even though that wasn't really strictly related to my physical body it did help me so much understand this part to understand this part of my cycle and really accept it and actually really love it as well so yeah grief seems to matter a lot and I wonder if you have any wisdom to share as to how we can walk towards it or just be become a little bit more softer towards it I guess
1: yes um I think having that time for, um, quietness in nature is probably one of the most powerful things and, and slowing down (laughs) again. I think for me, I've noticed that I have difficulty with grief when I am, when I'm blocking myself from having time to slow down if i am just going and working and working and working and working and then i don't even realize that this grief is being carried and um so having that time to slow down and really just dedicating okay i don't necessarily have to have this big emotional release or or do um something that's that's noticeable in my body but to go and just say, I'm going to go for a walk and sit underneath a tree. And um, if there are any emotions that are um, heavy and weighing on me, I'm going to allow them to be released. And just having that time and space, I think is the most important thing for me is, um, yeah, just saying, okay, I see you're doing all of these things. I see you. but hold on, slow down. What is this all, um, what needs to be done right now? And can you leave some time and space for yourself to process what's happening beneath the surface? Because um, I think growing up for me, it was very easy to uh, mask my emotions or mask grief with um, with things to do. And um, I think also, one thing that comes up for me around grief is uh, my connection to the ancestral realm. And because that's so open and so clear for me, I feel grief in different ways. And I think that's important for me to remember as well, that I may not feel a heaviness or a sadness, but I may feel a a different kind of energy or tightness in my body um, that is saying okay, um, it's time to, time to like let go a little bit, and time to let go of maybe things that you could be holding on to in day to day life that don't seem to be connected to grief, but they are, because <laughs> um, it shows up differently uh, for everyone. Yes, that's my experience
0: too, and I think sometimes just, just like acknowledging that like you just did you know like it, there's such a wide spectrum of ways in which it can show up and just to be open to that i think has has made such a big difference to me so yeah what you're saying makes total sense um i i feel like i would love to ask you what you wish more people knew about their bodies as they're beginning to listen and being you know exploring these processes that you just described of like you know, I'm just making space, this might be the case and there's different ways in which this could look and um, I'm just giving myself some some room here. Um, I think there's so much nervousness because we don't receive literacy or really space holding in school or often in our families um, around this kind of thing. So yeah, if there if there is one or two things that you wish everyone knew, that would be great to hear.
1: Yes, um, there, yes. So I think when it comes to connecting with the body, um, I think one of the big things that stands out for me is intuition and learning to um, hear and know what intuition feels like in the body. Um, that's one thing that so many people ask me about is how do I trust my intuition, how I know it's my intuition. Um, so that would be the main thing. And, and for me, um, identifying intuition versus other emotions that could be coming up or something that could be, um, overriding, um, intuition in the mind would be more so about just, um, knowing how we react and knowing how, Uh, We feel at different times in in our own cycles, in our own body cycles, because sometimes intuition may show up as as a deep knowing. Sometimes intuition may show up as a feeling in the physical body. And um, as you get to know what your intuition um, or how your intuition speaks to you, then you also get to know about your connection to nature. Um, because intuition is very, very much connected to the cycles of nature. And um, so that's a really beautiful process, really, really beautiful process. And then um, aside from intuition, I would say um, for anyone who menstruates, getting to know your blood, um, I think is really beautiful. And observing how um, your blood may change from cycle to cycle, um, how your blood may change be telling you about what you could be holding in your body emotionally. Um, so for example, I used to have a lot of brown blood with my cycle, and it was partially because of old blood um, physically in the body, but also that old blood held with the old emotions. And in, in in going through the process of restoring vital healthy blood, I was also going through the process of releasing some old um, emotional, uh, weights that we're living in the womb space. So, um, to me, the blood and intuition are really, really strong ways of, um, I just developing this strong connection with the physical body and also with the world around us. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, that's, I, I really love how you're holding space for both these parallel aspects or processes to be true because I feel, like sometimes we're creating this unnecessary division between um, maybe like science and Western medicine and then our more spiritual or emotional experiences. And I really feel that when I listen to my body, I can absolutely allow both to be true. And there's a physical manifestation and there's also this other side to it. So yeah, I love that as a practice of listening and observing. Is there anything that you would like to speak to that I haven't asked you about yet?
1: Um I don't think so. I think we covered so much. Um I would like to say that um this connection with the body and the menstrual cycle um can really start with uh just being aware of your emotions and your dreams as you move through the month. So journaling is a really great practice. And if you're wanting to uh, kind of explore cyclical your your connection to your cyclical body a little bit more. Um, I really love um, the flower essence of rose. And I also love hibiscus for these explorations of um, just coming into connection more with the physical uh, aspects of being in a cyclical body. And um, yeah, and then also I want to recommend one other plant that I absolutely love for um, just the creative aspects of the 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 womb space and uh, the menstrual cycle and um, just that energetically that part of our body, a plant that I absolutely love is Damiana. And um it's one that has been um, spoken about mostly in regards to its um, aphrodisiac qualities. And to me, that just means awakening creativity. And awakening our creative fire and our passion. And um, so if you're wanting to explore your own, uh, what's held in in that part of your body energetically or physically, I really love working with those remedies um, in flower essence form or in tea form. Thank
0: you. Oh my gosh. I love ending with like a little cheerleading for our plant friends. Mm-hmm. That's, that's beautiful. Thank you so much, Raven. We really did cover so much ground and I feel like there were so many threats that people can pick up and, and follow along further if they want to. Um, what are you currently offering and where can people find you?
1: Yeah. So um, right now I am, Oh gosh, I have so many wonderful things that I'm that I'm kind of that I'm so excited about um, right now. I've been doing weekly live calls on Instagram uh, where I just talk about remedies, practices, and things that I've learned on my sacred journey and my journey of just exploring my body, exploring healing, exploring plants. Um, So that's every Monday at 12 p.m. Eastern time on Instagram. And my Instagram is moonmedicines. And then I also have a website uh, moonmedicine.co. And if anyone is interested in learning more about cyclical living and kind of um would like a guide to cyclical living there is a place um, on that homepage moonmedicine.co where you can sign up to get my slow start guide to cyclical living so it's a nice slow gentle entry into um, getting to know your cyclical body and um, those aspects of the menstrual cycle.
0: Thank you. I'll link to that in the show notes as well so if anyone didn't catch any of those links they'll be there as well. Raven, thank you so much for the work that you're doing and for what you shared today and for just offering such beautiful guidance. Um, I really appreciate talking to you. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much for having me.